Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle. I am going solo on the hosting front this week because Pagan is out sick with a migraine today. So send her some really good vibes. I am joined here by John, Tenny, and Jessica Napick of What's Up, Weirdo. How are you two doing today? I'm doing good. You're in electricity. You're like contagious with excitement. I know we're so like, <laughs> I can, t- I can either bring it down, but that is the biggest compliment, John. I, uh, I hear no, you. Bring it up. Let's get weird. Yeah, you have to bring us up. Okay. Well, I've got extra coffee in front of me too, that I certainly don't need. So this is just bad <laughs> or great. I'm pulling, a, I'm pulling a Jessica today. I have coffee and then I have a drink, which yes. is vodka and grapefruit juice. And then I have a water. Dang. Oh. I only have two. Yeah. Jessica. I, I did put one away though. Drinks. I got two as well. I had a juice too. I need but I moved it. I feel like I need an alcoholic beverage now to be part of the crew. So that's I'll fine. One. Even you know, people who don't drink are invited. That's very true. Yeah. I can always get one during the uh, little break we cut in for the bonus episode towards the end. So we'll we'll take a little five minute and I'll go grab a drink for that. That'll get extra <laughs> spicy. Um, so this first time doing it over here on YouTube as live stream for our uh, contributor members and above. So if technology gets weird on us, chat at any point, you shout it out. If you have questions you want to interject, it's going to be really fun. Uh, really excited. This was a lot of their ideas to start uh, broadcasting some of them up there because we were only recording no video before. But uh, what a great way to kick it off as we're into spooky season now. Uh, I heard YouTube been real busy doing a bunch of flights all over the place. So are you settled back in, Jess? How how are how are things with YouTube? Um, still really tired from my trip. I took like four flights in twelve days. I was in Vegas. I, well, we were in Ohio for the Midwest Parafest. Then I went to Vegas for the fights, and then I went to Wisconsin. And then I feel like too, just this summer, me, me and Tenny were in uh, Missouri. We we were in Wisconsin again. Uh, we were in the UP for Michigan Paracon, so we literally haven't stopped. <laughs> that's yeah. brutal. Well, the thing that's crazy is, like, obviously, we've all been locked down for a year and a half, so no one's been traveling. And then the amount that has popped up in the past two months or three months, because after, like, we have, um, what do we have? I have uh, Midwest Parafest in November one weekend, and the weekend after that, I have old mill parafest then the week after that i have mount washington in new hampshire we have an event on the 29th in detroit i have an event on the 27th at my friend's record store before that so it's not calming down i mean it is spooky season so this is i guess the time to do it yeah it sounds like it. i mean a huge thank you to you both for for squeezing us in here twice in a week so that means a lot i'm Super excited. It's a good time to remind folks that this upcoming Saturday, that is October 16th, 7 p.m. Eastern time, we are going to sit down as a group. We're going to do a big old virtual seance. And and Tenny, you joined into one before and asked for a spot. And we're so excited to see that. Uh, I kind of want to use that as a, a big talking point for this interview and conversation today is planning that out and seeing what sort of weird you guys might want to channel in. Um, Last night, we got lots of alien extraterrestrial sort of vibe, lots of uh, almost number station style stuff. I was shouting out some codes through the Estes method. It was a interesting night, to say the least. 
Yeah, I don't know. I have uh, some ideas of what I want to do. I told you the last time I was on, I have never really showed it, but I have a Euphonaut communication board for divination that actually has a nine deck of cards that go with it. And I want to use that during the seance. Oh, that is going to be good. Oh, let's definitely pull that out. Yeah. And then I think, too, maybe Jess and I will get together beforehand this week because I want to do some uh, astreglomancy. I want to do some dice like fortune telling. Oh, yeah. I know very little about that. So that's just like because I guess I've heard it through different names. I might be making this up, not my expertise area. But is that like diceomancy sometimes? Is there a difference between them? No, people call it dysomancy, but I think the act like the I think that's what just people call it because a struggleomancy is kind of hard for people to say, so they just say dysomancy. But I mean, it's a it's a form of divination that goes all the way back. I mean, the original dice were like knuckle bones from elk and deer yeah, because they're kind of six sided, and so people would throw them. And I have some of those, but I through role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. I've always been around dice, so and I don't think very many people use dice to to do seances and and make predictions. That's a very good point there. Pagan has uh, started doing that a little bit. Our friend Kiki Dombrowski came on not long ago. She has a great handbook of um, kind of summarizing dozens of types of of divination that people can play with, and that really inspired Pagan to start playing with the the die on stream. She's got. <laughs> Often, you know, the, the D&D style die. I have one right here that I'm showing off to chat. So we've done it just a little bit. But one of the things I found with Estregliomancy is uh, finding working those numbers together and finding kind of a good mm, definitive what those numbers mean. Because I'm not much of a numerology man. I feel like you might need some of that background. Don't know. Uh, the way that I have learned to do it over the years is... You know, the di the numbers themselves are almost tarot-like in that they represent certain archetypes. And so it's not even so much about the numbers. I mean, it can be. That's an extra bonus to, to using die uh, is that the numbers can add a, a different le level to it. But if you look at like one being... Uh, so it, it, using dice, a lot of the times in a kind of traditional method, if you roll a one, one is kind of this complete perfection, but along with the positives, there's always a negative. So it's like complete perfection, but it's also loneliness. Um, and then two is you would think it would, you would think two is the opposite of one, but two is actually one doubled there. It's it's individuals alone. So perfection, but both lonely. And then three is actually the opposite of one, because three are two coming together with a common bond. So like in that sense, like the numbers don't really count so much. But then as you're doing it, you might come up with birth dates that also apply to it. Gotcha. OK, that's some good background. I was just uh, getting into a little tarot booklet the other day, a small guide that really started getting me thinking about how number on cards correspond beyond just the symbolic imagery there. So I am just starting to get into that area where you're taking numbers and uh, kind of working that together. But it sounds similar in a way. It's striking a similar chord in, in my brain at this point. So I really can't wait to see that in fruition there. Yeah, I like to use uh, stuff like that because Jess can tell you my predictions can be very wrong as our first meeting proved 
How'd that well, go, Jess? The, the first time I, we ever met each other in a bar. I, and it, it's so weird, too, because you never do this ever. But he read my palm and he said my dog was going to die. And it was like he was very young at that point. He was a puppy. So, A, it didn't make sense. And I'm like, B, thanks. <laughs> like, nice to meet you. Um, wow. So... But I do maintain too, and knowing him and knowing, you know, there can be some flexibility in messages. I do believe that when he told me that it scared me enough to where honestly, for the next like fucking year or two, I was extremely careful with him. And like, um, I remember the place I was living at at the time didn't have like a fenced in backyard. So maybe I was more careful with him on the leash and him, you know, I feel yeah. like it, it made me be careful in case something was going to happen. So I'm not saying it was wrong, but it wasn't a great thing to hear or a I, I don't know why I ever talked to him again, but <laughs> I'm glad I did. Yeah, I think I'd be pretty scared away, too, if I got some palm reading that was so, so ominous. But like you said, yeah, Jess, right? maybe that did help you kind of uh, guide and steer away from things. But that's kind of how I see divination play in is you have the power at least to make those changes. They're not hard and set in stone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I just took it for as help, I guess. And I was just trying to get rid of Jess. <laughs> you know, yeah, that worked out really good. How's that yeah, going it worked, worked great for me. <laughs> mission failure, mission failure. <laughs> I am also, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kyle. I was just going to say also, aside from the Euphonaut board and some astragalomancy, I was thinking too, so Jess knows this and I haven't really put it out and maybe we'll go through it um, next week, but... I was writing a little book on Neviamancy, which almost no one does anymore. Uh, because Jessica is a tattoo artist, I became kind of fascinated with Neviamancy, which is using marks on the skin to do divination and predictory methods. That is neat. I've not heard of that before, but it makes total sense. What a great tie-in to like, oh, I love that. And why not? If we're using palmistry and, and following lines on the hand, why not any other marks mm -hmm. or blemishes on the skin? It just makes sense. Yeah, and the thing with Neviamancy that I think is really cool is the kind of idea behind it is you're born into a world that where you don't have a rule book, you don't have a guidebook, right? But you're born into your skin. And as you get older, your skin ages, you develop marks and scars. And how do those marks and scars become a map with which you can kind of plot a, a course in your life? Oh, I dig that idea. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's there's never that guidebook or rule book that parents are always talking about. But if it's printed on your skin, that would be a really unique way to suss that out. Well, and you can use that's the cool thing, too, is like with tattoos, like people to get tattoos at a certain point in their life that mean a certain thing to them. And then what? incidentally like without even knowing it like what moles did they cover up did they get it to cover up a scar how does that tie into it like there it really is deep and it's super strange that things like palmistry became and even um people reading skulls i mean like there were all of these things that took off but simply looking at the moles that you were born with and saying like what does this mean like i have a series of moles on this arm that look like the constellation Orion, and they're just naturally there. Like, what does that mean that I have Orion on my right hand, which is so dominant in my life? Why do I have the hunter? Like, why did my body choose to put that there? 
this needs to be talked about so much more. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I I think chat's echoing the sentiment that I've not heard of this till tonight. So, Jess, do you see any of this kind of stuff in in your tattoo work? Like, or has this uh, influenced any of yours in a way? How how you go about that? So I do cosmetic tattooing. I do brows and freckles on people. And what like made me blow up or I went viral for a time was um, I invented this thing called Astrofrex, which is a way of hiding your astrological, your zodiac constellation in your freckles on your face. So I'll start with the person's constellation and I'll lay it, the stencil like on one side and then I'll kind of do like a smattering of other freckles to like hide it, but it's still in there. So they know. So it's a little secret for them. I've had people do it on their collarbone, on their chest. I've had people get like their grandpa's sign, their kid, their pets. Um, so that that kind of plays into what Tenny said too, because it's like then you not only have like your real ones, you have your the new ones, and then why did they get that? Why were they compelled to get that? What, how does it change the stuff that's around it? Um, and this, I want to say too that he has not talked about this at all. This is like a heavy scoop for you because I'm surprised <laughs> he comes up. That's so cool. Wow. I'll, I, I'll, scoop, I'll scoop every, if, can I get up and leave for a second? Jess, you talk to Kyle for a second and I'll yeah. scoop. Okay. Go scoop. We can sit here and talk. What are going to get? I don't know. I will share something with chat. We had a, we're getting a new logo done for Chaos and Shadow. One of our, our awesome friends and listeners made it. And something that didn't stand out to me at first until our own people caught one of the rough drafts is she embedded our star signs into in this like skull. And they're up there. They kind of look like cracks almost at the top of the skull. And when people yeah. started pointing that out, I'm like, that is so smart and cool. Like, I would never have even asked for that. And to think of people getting that tattooed, <laughs> I want to say probably seen that on a post of yours so through Twitter or Instagram. I just love yeah. that, Jess. That's super sweet. Thanks. Uh-oh, what's Uh-oh, our I'm back. Yeah, what's what our scoop? No, so my Patreons have seen this, I think. but And Jess, I think, has seen this. But so our seance, so like this is the box for the UFO not divination board. So this is actually the board that we'll be using. Oh, nice. And you can see like there are a number of like Orthon and Tan, Alan, Bucky, Diane, Jesus, Monka, Aura, Indrid, Ashtar. Like there's a number of contactees on there. Plus like, um, contactee communication languages in the corners and then each of these are aligned to planets and then there's a a nine deck of cards that come with it that we use for divination when you're using the board i'm drooling over that over here uh yeah last night um so like i said ty came by we weren't trying to speak to ultra terrestrials at all we actually we're trying to do something we did over the summer which was speak to quote alternate reality kyle we had some um we set that out as an intent before we got some interesting hits in return through the the estes method uh pagan said a lot of them sounded like me because they were questions back at her kind of like grilling her like we might do to some other spirit so we sit down and we we try and do this and if either of you are familiar with uh the, when the new kirks joined the haunt me team at Fort Knox, they ended up speaking to something that called itself the up and lo and behold, Ty was trying to ask questions of alternate reality, Kyle, and it all veered back to calling itself the up. It was just, uh, not what we expected when we set out for it. So I think cracking that board out is a really smart idea with like 
just a six day difference in between. Yeah, I mean, I the I designed this and then was working on it and, and playing with it to see like what are the architects like it's it's kind of strange like people who first see it like ask me like if so there there's like Jesus is on there right mm -hmm. and people are like well what is Jesus doing on a euphonaut contact eboard but the reality of the situation is when spiritualists at the turn of the century were doing channeling a lot of them were talking to someone called Jesus who would often be on Mars or on Venus or a different version of Venus or a different version of Mars. And so like, what is that archetype? And then, you know, there's a Bucky is on there and Bucky comes from uh, Buck Nelson, who was a contactee in the fifties, who said that he was taken uh, on a ship to Mars, moon and Venus. And one of the, people that he talked to was Bucky, who was related to Bob Solomon. And so all of a sudden you have this archetype of like Solomon being some type of contactee. So sometimes like even with religion, like you might be talking to these ultra terrestrial or euphonaut like archetypes that are using patterns in our brains to speak to us. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, uh, I've been diving more and more into that that idea. And we we had some of this conversation when you joined us over the summer where we just started speaking to the ESP aspects. I got something out. Uh, I think, John, I was telling you then that I have the little EEG machine that I had gotten in the mm -hmm. mail. I really want to play with this. So maybe that could be something we try and work into the stream here in the future. Yeah, I'd love it. We tried to do on Ghost Stalkers. We did a, our sixth and final episode was at a place called Farrar Schoolhouse. And one of the things that I wanted to do was have an EEG machine and a blood pressure cuff. And we wanted to do all this monitoring of the physical like nature of the human being experiencing the haunting. The crazy thing about that was every time I started to try and talk to, to spirits, it became very boring because my all of my brain waves would go into this weird, almost hypnotic, hypnotic trance or like this state. And so like we were hoping it would be like crazy fluctuating, showing some active parts of my brain. And the, the, the network was like, well, this is actually really boring. And I was like, no, this is super exciting. Somehow I'm still completely aware and cognizant, but I'm in a trance like that's super interesting. And they were like, nah, not to the audience, it's not. And then Chad, of course, broke the blood pressure cuff as soon as he put it on, his heart rate and like blood pressure just like blew out the blood pressure cuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> are you guys hearing, by the way, a weird clicking sound coming through Zoom? I think it, Teddy, are you leaning on your desk? Oh, I might be in my chair. Yeah, you're making a rattly. Sorry. Oh, that I wasn't sure if that had something to do with the game. I didn't know if it had a part that did that. That's a good call, Jess. <laughs> Chat and I are like, are we being, uh, are the aliens probing us through Zoom tonight? When I get excited, I start moving, and then I'm just sitting in a like a hundred year old chair, so it's probably pretty creaky. So I'll stop moving. That's that's understandable. Thank you. I uh, so the idea of the brain waves just fascinates me. I'm happy to play with that. Jess, is there something you are interested in us trying to communicate or do this weekend in particular? Oh gosh, I mean, obviously anything that's happened since being passed, my doggo of uh, 14 years passed in May, and every time I'm around anything that's like, even uh, we were at where the hell were we in Missouri for um. Amy's Strange Escapes, Cindy Kaza was there and she was reading people and I'm like, 
standing in the back, like, what if, what if I hear something? I don't know. So it would be neat if, I don't know. I don't know what would happen because he's a dog and he can't talk, but me and Tenny have had this conversation before that he's been appearing. And I swear to you, it happened again last night because me and Tenny were just talking about, I just, I just, I feel like you just started four sentences and they have to match together now. Um, Why start now? I know. I, I, my brain is a scramble all the time. So anyway, last night me and Tenny were saying that we were emotional. We've been emotional for fucking two weeks. We've been just sobbing. Anyway, so I like lost it last night twice and then I went to sleep and I had another weird dream about a fucking guy that it seemed like I'd been dating a long time and I was super comfortable around. And what's been happening since he passed was like, I have these quote unquote, like dream men in my dreams. And we think it's like being presenting as like my dream man or like somebody that I always had a long relationship with or was really comfortable with. So, so I don't know if like he would come through or like a somebody like a guy? I don't know. It's all been very strange. And like cool, comforting, but like I'm just learning as it happens. Yeah, I mean that's that's really different. And I know. I, I, know. I mean that's one of the things though, right? Like I I was when I talked to Jess about this and she was saying she was having dreams of like these men that she's super comfortable with and that seem to be the love of her life, but she's never met them before. Like in my brain, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, it's it's being presenting himself in a in a form that's non-being. And at first, when I first had that idea, like it was really strange to me. But then, like if you look at our community and the things that we think about, like people find solace and they find remembrance and people who have passed on make themselves appear as feathers, as insects, as butterflies. Yeah. Like why wouldn't they come to us in our dreams in a, a better form or a form that they think is better. I love that idea. I mean, that's, that is like, you, I mean, it totally makes sense. We see that all the time in, in animals and insects. So, ah, that'd be so, chat saying that's so sweet, Jess. I agree. <laughs> it's, I know it's, it sounds crazy, but like, and then too, like, I'm like habitually single. I don't really date people. I don't, I don't know why I just, I don't know. And, 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 and another thing is, too, is it's like, is he presenting as that? Or is he saying, like, it's okay now to, like, find your dream person because I'm gone or something? Like, it could be, like, taken so many different ways. So I'm just like, I don't know. And he has for sure, Jess and I talked about this, too. Bean is instrumental in that The when we were talking at the very beginning of this. Like, Bean is instrumental in sending cute, lovable animals to Jessica like she needs to take care of a cute, lovable animal. And so when Bean passed, the way that he resolved that was, I'm going to give you kittens and raccoons and possums and everybody's going to be fat and love you and eat your food and hang out with you every night. Yeah, this has never happened before. I post those videos and I live on a main road. I live at the corner of two main roads. There's major businesses and like fast food places right around me. I have never, like when you see those videos, you think I literally live in the middle of the forest and I don't like, they have no reason to be here. And I have nine different skunks. I have three different possums. I have a family, a mom and dad and three kittens. I have two raccoons now. Oh my God. Like they shouldn't be here. And it started right when he passed, like he sent me these creatures to like, and it's weird too. Another weird thing is like, the emotion and like the crying and stuff has come mostly at night. And he sent me like all nocturnal creatures. So I sit outside and I don't cry. It's like, 
It's crazy. That's going to make me cry. Oh, my God. That's 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 so sweet, though. Like, I mean, I feel like your connection with being very, very similar to how I feel with my dog, Louie, here. Like, we're just in- inseparable in that way. And he's just been so instrumental in, in so many moments of my life. He's moved across the country with me. So, like, yes. whenever you express that, I know from a very real, very tangible spot in my heart exactly what you mean. Because, I mean, he had a really bad scare with his health about two summers ago. And I was at that desperation moment of like, what happens? Like, what is my life if he isn't in it now? So when you say that about like sending you like critters at night to comfort you, that just like kind of, that just is super warming to my heart to think about. Yeah. I talk about in my lectures all the time, Jess knows this about the importance of like in the paranormal community or the supernatural and occult community, we forget how important animals are like to guide us. You know, we always hear constantly, whether it's on social media or just in our day to day lives, we always hear that like humans are the pinnacle, like we're the best. Mm -hmm. We created the Internet. We created all of this great stuff. And the reality is, you know, cats, dogs, whales, dolphins, like they hit their perfect form hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of years ago and like exist without destroying the planet. And I think they're supposed to be examples to us. Like we're humans are relatively new. We're 50, maybe 60,000 years old in this form. Like thinking that we're the best that there is on the planet is very limiting. I've never seen a cat that pays a mortgage or a dog that worries about its shoes. I love that you said that. I think about something similar. I mean, like what you just hit at, like we created the internet. Oh, whoop-de-doo. But like, look at how much damage we do to the environment, just selling stuff that no one needs. And it's just so disheartening. We were chatting about this the other night on stream, talking about um, stepping into your witchcraft and such. And one of the other ultra terrestrial like entities kept telling us and Katie Webb that we need to, quote, find our joy. And we were pushing back against it because it's like, that's great and groovy. But finding your joy in this sort of world is especially brutal. Even if I stumble upon a million dollars tomorrow, that doesn't solve um, child hunger or homelessness or any of those issues on a, a an epidemic huge scale. So I don't know. That just really touches my heart hearing that. Yeah, it's it's it is super strange in the sense that we do have all of this technology. I mean, now, whether or not, you know, I I I get a lot of guff from people because I am constantly joking about like Bitcoin and NFTs and stuff (laughs) like that. But like the reality of the situation, when I think about it in my brain is, oh, we found a way to use resources to trade nothing. Like at least in the past, like we were using resources to trade for physical objects and art and like food. And now we're consuming a ton of resources of the planet to trade nothing like other electronic bits of nothing. It's really strange to me. I feel that I it makes me question the whole just human situation. Like you said, I don't think this can be the uh, hopefully not the final form of humanity or anything like that. We have not figured it out in the slightest uh, not to be a downer chat. But like, what is that supposed to mean? Like we you're right. We're trading. We're burning up server farms and electricity, coal, all of that just to s- copyright photos and harass each other about them. It's dumb. It's really, really, it's really strange when you would think that, you know, my hope, I'm an older guy, right? So I'm 50 now and I'm in that weird era where I existed for a long time without the internet and now I have it. 
And I've always thought to myself, like when I when I project backwards and think about my ideas, I remember honestly, honestly thinking like, oh, my God, humanity is going to have the whole of information at its fingertips. We're going to be so much kinder and smarter. (laughs) We're going to have such a better understanding of the world. I remember being so excited in like the, the maybe early to mid 90s. I was like, this is going to change us into those those people that I always thought we were going to be. And now I sit and I look at Twitter and I'm like, oh, we're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I mean, I, I just turned 30. So I am, uh, grew up with the internet developing right next to me. That gave me a little bit of time outside. You know, we actually played outside still as kids. There, there was some electronics coming through, but not that much that, that now people were born with iPads in their hands and, just to see, like you said, to see how cruel it's kind of become online is really disheartening. I mean, it's brought all these communities together, these UFO communities and, and just our paranormal communities that we're part of. And still, what are we seeing? People just mocking one another online and tearing each other down. It's hurtful. I, that's why we're trying to, you know, at least highlight good stuff in the community and really bring people together in a loving way because... I see so many people scared away from the paranormal because of how many bad influencers are out there. It's it's disheartening. Yeah, I think that like, so again, something I talk about a lot at my lectures is being openness about our weirdness. I mean, that's how Jess and I kind of found ourselves like, like at that bar, like, I'm going to read your poem. And she's like, read my poem. Like, <laughs> to be open about your weirdness is where we do kind of touch the greatness of of humans, right? Like being able to... I'm going to talk to you about how I think about UFOs. You're going to talk to me about your witchcraft. I'm going to, then I'm going to talk to you about my witchcraft or what I think might be my witchcraft. And and then all of a sudden, like we realize that those constructs around us just fall apart. Well said. I uh, have some questions about your witchcraft too. If if you might want to go into this conversation, Jess, you highlighted this earlier on Twitter that uh, so after our seance last night. I noticed a big old crack in the wall of the room we use. Jess said you've run into some trouble with uh, some seance cracks of your own. I don't know if you're comfortable about disclosing, but I think that'd be fun to hear. Oh, yeah, for sure. I have, over the years, every place that I live in, I put a kind of psychic force field over my house to keep out anything that I don't want in my house. Um, that's a plus and a, it has a, a, obviously a pro and a con to everything. One of the cons to that is that the force field I've created is so strong that if I try to astral project, I just wind up in my kitchen. Like I can't even, <laughs> like I just end up going from my upstairs bedroom down to the main floor. And I'm like, well, that was pointless. Um, but I was doing, um, a session, Greg and Dana were over and Jess was over and we were going to do a Facebook live talking to this mannequin head that I, I retrieved on an investigation. And so I had to pull the force field down so that we could communicate. So things could come in. And the day that I pulled the force field down around my house, uh, the crawl space to my house flooded. And then the back half of my house, which is an addition, the seam along the ceiling where the addition is just completely cracked and pulled away from the rest of the house. Holy crap. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. 
It was pretty crazy. That sounds like a problem. Yeah. Is that creepy mannequin head you two discussed on the show that was found like under a, a mall or something like that? Yeah, I, I will. You want me to go and get Macy's? Just can tell you the story and I'll, I'll, I'll get Macy. Yeah, for I you. have to tell the story. Uh, <laughs> you can. Okay. I won't okay, say I'll go no. Get Macy. I'll go get Macy. Lay it on <laughs> us, Jess. Oh, I have to give you like a short version. So Please. basically there's, there's a mall around here that was having um, people were on the security cameras. People were getting groped. People were getting grabbed. Their dresses were going up like like crazy weird sexual things were happening to them from an unseen force. So the mall was like, um, who can we call to investigate this? So Tenny went there. He went in a crawl space. It was like a weird sub-basement thing. He had to like crawl on his hands and knees and he found this disgusting mannequin head. Um, and then he went back to the people. He's like, can I take this out of here for you? And they're like, um, yeah, get it out of here. So he took it. So then it was that, I feel like it was that night that he's talking about with the ceiling cracked and Greg and Dana were there and we did Estes method and it said, you have to go back. You have to go back. You have to go back. So Tenny went back, did the same thing, crawled in the thing, went to to the dirt and there was an envelope of disgusting cut out lady parts from old magazines so that the person could like look at weird little body parts and do whatever they did and have the mannequin head and so he took the envelope too and then all their stuff stopped wow so whoever did it would just like crawl back there and just had a little lunch break and dot 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 do their adult things back there yeah, yeah. relieved so this is macy I'll it's worse than you just get everybody get ready it's worse than you even think that it could I, be she's got it she's in her little box i won't take it out but i'll just <laughs> oh wow yeah i feel like that is worse than i expected sorry macy my apologies it's so gross poor thing it's so gross holy damage too yeah and then the so this is the, the the envelope that I found when I went back after something said go back, like you missed something. So there was this envelope that was kind of covered in the soil and inside of it, there was like legs. Uh, Ew. And uh, I don't know if you can see what that is, but it's kind oh, of like yeah. a chest and a smile and so it was a puzzle that you could put together but there's more legs wow and eyes. yeah so yeah so there was you know, people being women mostly being kind of psychically accosted at this mall and whatever was there i mean it had to do with macy it had to do with her and like her name is macy because that was the store that she was found in underneath Macy's. So, but I told some people recently, the thing that's really interesting is that now that like we've done some experimentation with Macy and now that she's in my house and now that I've taken her to some events and talked about her and told her story, like nothing happens with her. Like anything that was attached to her is gone now. Like it, it has, it has vanished. So we forgot the part where she tried to kill us. Oh, she did try to kill us. Go ahead. <laughs> That's big. Um, we were, we can't figure out where we were going. We were going to some event that we were doing. I think it was at a library. I don't remember. But it was the first time. Okay, so it was raining out. And we were driving. And he had Macy in the car because we were going to bring everybody to show them and tell the story. Because it was kind of local. And 
I we, we were in a part of town where we drive all the time, and I almost literally like wrecked us up a curb, like a not a curb but a divider, like a big land thing. Wow! Dude, I love then, the, I love the synchronicity of the sirens yeah, in your background. I as know you tell the story that we're gonna um, die. I know. So I like just at the last second, Tenny was like, "Look out!" Like there's that thing there, and I was like, "Fucking, I missed it!" And then. We like catch our breath and and then we realized like almost at the same time that like that was the closest that Macy had been back to where it was found. It like flipped out and then it like flipped us out. Yeah, we had brought her back to the place like that I had rescued her from. And I think being close had made a fog kind of fall over Jess and I and then Jess almost killed us in a car. Yeah. Hey, everybody, Kyle jumping in here for a quick second to let you know what's going on around the Revelator Podcast Network this Saturday on October 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tenny and Jess are joining Pagan and I live on Twitch. That's twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. We're going to be doing a live seance, seeing what sort of entities we can contact and what awesomeness will just go down that whole night. Uh, We are also scheduling a live interview with Michelle Belanger and their Lyria Rose Little on October 18th. Timing TBD on that exactly, so stay tuned. That will be open to our contributor and above members. So if you are someone that got to catch Tenny and Jess's live interview, you got access to that already. If you'd like to gain access to it, go to revelatornetwork.com forward slash subscribe. If you just go to revelatornetwork.com, there's a big old join button at the top. Click on that one, get involved. Um, all those subs help us out a ton. If you do subscribe, you get access to the bonus interview that Tenny and Jess recorded with us. That is an exclusive podcast feed all on its own. So you got Chaos and Shadow you're following. And if not, drop that follow. But then you're going to get that second feed that's going to be filled with bonus interviews. Michelle's done bonus stuff up there. Tenny has a bonus one from July. Uh, I mean, we have uh, so many great friends. Storm Fairy Wolf up there, Devin Hunter. The list goes on and on and on and on. So go get yourself a subscription. $5 a month gets you that bonus feed. But if you step it up to the $25 a month tier, that's where you get the live uh, interviews, which are super fun, super new. You also get access to the Seance Saturday archive. So in case you're not around for one of these Seance nights, you're going to be able to go back and catch that. Watch them all. Oh, and if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, the 13th, I want to let you know we're doing Witchy Wednesday tonight. Witchy Wednesday on the 20th is going to feature Katie Webb. We're going to be doing a live um, family meal sort of thing to honor the spirits for October, Samhain, and just bring in the awesomeness. See what sort of ultra-terrestrial energies we can honor since they've been coming through those seances lately. Back to the show, everybody. Thanks for letting me interrupt, and I will uh, catch you soon. Like I said, go become a member. Support the network. Thank you. Not that she's a great driver to begin with, but I'm not. But I swear to you, I didn't see it. It was really, it didn't make any sense because I've probably taken that turnaround a hundred times. Gosh, I mean, these are the. I have so many questions building off of that. I mean, one of the first I'll just yell out is, how often do do malls call people in when something weird is going on? Like that feels like something out of a. A film, but having listened to your previous podcast, Tenny, I mean, it doesn't seem that uncommon for you. I, I mean, I think that honestly, it's one of those things, right? Like, I have lived in the same city my entire life. I've done this type of weird stuff for thirty out over thirty years. Uh, I'm fairly well known. Just generally, I've run for mayor, so like my name is slightly recognizable to people who live and and kind of move around in this community. So when something weird happens, I get phone calls. 
And so it's not that strange for someone to call me. I just, uh, one of my neighbors, this is probably three weeks ago, one of my neighbors said, oh, there was a, my uncle thought that there was a ghost in this building and he got it on camera. Can he come over and look, you can look at it and tell him what you think it is. And so I told him, yeah, like, that's my job. And so some guy came over and showed me a picture of a building and I looked at it and realized it was just a spider. Uh, and you know, I, he was really hoping it was going to be a ghost, but you know, I, he accepted the fact that I know what I'm talking about and he kind of doesn't. <laughs> So that that builds another one in this day and age where we've got so many of those clip shows happening on YouTube and everyone's trying to say, is this haunted? Is this paranormal? Is that is that increasing the amount of people reaching out to you with that stuff? Or do you find that you're getting folks that are a little bit more tuned in and, and rational about who you are and how you handle it? No, I think that because of those clip shows and stuff, people look at their videos and their phones and the things that they take pictures of, and then they go on the internet and then they do self-discovery and think they figured it out and don't contact me. And I think that's highly problematic. That's a really good point. Wow. If they're watching stuff where who knows who's posting what and who knows what ideas they're putting out and you should have as many ideas as possible. But the thing is, is they find something that confirms their bias and then they stop looking. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's ever come to one of my lectures knows that I tell people, if you think you have a ghost photograph of your grandmother and you want to show it to me, I tell people all the time, like, do you want it to continue to be a ghost of your grandmother or do you want my honest opinion of it? Cause it might not be the ghost of your grandmother. And that's up to you. Like if you want it to remain the ghost of your grandmother, great. But if you want an honest opinion about it, that's what I'm here for. And you know, sometimes people want it to be the ghost of their grandma. Sometimes people want to know what the actual thing might be. At I like that a lot. That's such a good way to think about it. I mean, also as someone who's just kind of this recently started diving into the ideas of thought forms and what you can make of something, I imagine that's a huge factor in it. And I mean, Jess, that also makes me kind of think what you were saying a little earlier of like how Bean could be displaying in different ways to you and like how your brain is interpreting that. I I think there's so much power in, in what you're kind of wanting to receive versus what's out there. Like, hmm. Just makes me think. For sure. Yeah. Pretty excited to see what we end up uh, contacting in such this weekend, because I think we're all a group of people going into it with great vibes and great energy. And uh, I don't know, when Pagan and I get together to do these, we, like you were saying earlier, Tenny, with the EEGs, we're always looking to see if there's something, we're not strictly reliant on facts. You know, it's a lot of intuition and following your gut and... Um, putting that energy out there you want to see. So I, I can't wait to get us together to just play around as the, the veil kind of thins this time of year. Well, that's important too, because I talk a lot about play and engaging the universe and like it tapping you on the shoulder and asking you to engage and asking you to play. And I think that that's very important for people to do. And when I say play, this actually goes kind of back to, I think when I was talking about the beginnings of the internet, right? So like, Yes, there have always been games where there is an end goal to win. Um, but the, the reality is that when you are a child, when you're very young, when you haven't been told what's real and what's not, 
and someone tells you to go play, they don't give you rules and they don't even demand that you win. They they say, go outside and play. And I think that that's a much more natural form to whether you're doing divination or paranormal investigation, like just the act of being engaged, just the act of playing with the universe is far more important than trying to win the game, which is what I think a lot of people want to do. They want answers, right? They want the end goal. They want to be proclaimed the winner. Super well said. Whew, I've already got a ton of things to think about. Chat, you guys have any questions as we get kind of close to the end of this part of the interview? Because I'd love to wrap some things in. Um, we've kind of talked about what we want to do this weekend. I love the the, uh, the game that you've got there, Tenny, that we can bring out. Um, we definitely have been playing around with some pendulum work, too. That's something I haven't really gotten into too deeply, but Pagan loves to bring that out. Jess, is that there- board that board comes with a pendulum. Is this something we can buy, Tenny? Is that a... <laughs> uh, not yet, but hopefully if it works out and if I get a couple more copies made and send them to people to practice with, I want to send out like 10 copies to different people. Maybe you'll get a copy and I want people to play with them and see if the results that you get are as weird as the results I get. Uh, I would be honored to be on that list of people to receive one. So just saying, I can provide my address at any time. (laughs) (laughs) I did want to let you guys have some time here towards the end to talk about the upcoming events that you're doing, because I am sitting here looking at a beautiful poster of the Night of the Weirdos for October 29th. You guys want to share what's going on in the near future? Go, Jess. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so October 29th, Friday, October 29th in Detroit, in downtown Detroit at a lovely bar and restaurant called Stash International. Um, we'll be doing Night of the Weirdos and we'll talk and we'll, I don't know what we're doing, do experiments, do stuff, play stuff, drink stuff, eat stuff. Um, the last time we were there, we did remote viewing experiments with the audience and that was really super interesting. They were so good too. They were so good. And I, I, the thing that's really crazy is maybe I'll show some of the results because that was over a year and a half ago. But I mean, I love the fact that when you do remote viewing, there are people, um, Chris and Wes Carpenter, actually, who were like, we think we did terribly. And for some reason, they were completely keyed in to like what was going on and looking at the results afterward were super interesting. But yeah, we do. experiments like remote viewing and maybe some other strange experiments i'm thinking that i'll probably do a little lecture at the beginning and then we'll act jess and i'll do a what's up weirdo episode kind of at the end yeah that would be so cute like that'd just be amazing do like a live Mm -hmm. one there and uh that is fun i'd like to talk a little bit more after our kind of break um break for a little bit come back around for the bonus interview here in a minute for our folks i'd love to talk more about esp remote viewing sort of experiments we had our friend devin hunter from modern witch come by and he hosted a little 45 minute hour long workshop and it's funny the people that think they do the worst at it tend to uh we had someone who thought they were gonna do terrible they scored somewhere close to like 80 90 percent of the hits it was just so far on the opposite end of the spectrum it was so exciting to see one of the weirdest psychic things and i've talked about this on podcasts uh but when i used to test psychics in detroit back in the early 2000s the best psychic i ever knew was the worst psychic i ever knew in the sense that like when i would i I started him with just a 52 deck of regular cards doing red and black guessing and when he had gotten to the end he was like i'm pretty terrible right he's like i got 50 of them wrong 
And I was just like, my jaw was agape because I was like, there's no way statistically possible that you should have gotten 50 wrong. Like just guessing you should have gotten a 50, 50 chance, like to get them all wrong is as amazing as getting them all right. (laughs) That is so cool. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a minute as much as you'd like to share. Cause I, I found that to be the coolest. That's how Devin had us warm up was doing the, the black or uh, red. And that's where I got some really good hits. I got worse as we started doing like my, my hit count went down when we just started throwing more and more variables into the mix. But when we were doing that, simple quote unquote uh that's where i felt like a good connection with it so if we ever want to open that can of worms in the future to do more of that sort of stuff i would love it but you know you should you should know this and i'm sure your listeners know this i'm sure you know this like that's the thing with esp and psychic testing right like everybody does great at the beginning and then as you get excited about it and as you start trying it just completely dies that resonates big time big time we probably if we ever uh, if devin comes back we're, we're going to do a little thing with him he they've got their witches sabbath event coming up and he has me participating to host another round of that i wonder i might take some advice from you or kind of an idea there we were doing feedback per concept so we would do the the black or red and then we would take like five of those we weren't doing a huge extensive list uh, but we would switch and we give people, let everyone tally up their own hits because it's virtual. Everyone's kind of got to hold right. themselves accountable. But I wonder if we hadn't had people analyze at that point and instead just keep going and then take a larger sample and see how people would have done if that would have skewed the results well, or changed anyway. The other thing is, too, like with the remote viewing experiment that we did at, at Stash a year and a half ago when I was I didn't you know, I showed the results after we were done doing all the remote viewing experiments but, you know, obviously we had done, I think, 20 different different places and, and different locations. And the thing that was interesting to me when I was doing the results later in the week, when I was tallying through everything, I found people who were hitting a ton of the time, but they were one ahead of me. And so they were actually not only remote viewing the place, but they were remote viewing the object, bef- a, 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 one object before I got to it. That's big. I find that in my own personal things. It, but then I click into that issue of almost error counting or getting too in my head about it. Um, just sort of any little game I play, I'll be pressing whatever button it is or saying it's X, Y, and Z. And it's that's the next one in the queue. But then I get heady about it. And I'm like, oh, should I be trying to guess ahead? And that's when the, the house crumbles in on itself. Right. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to do, especially when you're your own goalkeeper in these. You need I think it's really, really helpful when you got someone else holding you to that or just notching it there for you. So, Jess, Tenny, let us get ready to put a break in this episode to everyone out there watching us live on YouTube. Thank you so very much for coming out. Uh, You need to absolutely go get subscribed to What's Up Weirdo. I'm sure almost everyone out there listening is. But if you haven't, please, 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 please go and subscribe. I think you guys are on all the major podcast players. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
everywhere you can uh, look for it. So what's up, weirdo? We'll have links to that on the blog. I'll also have links to your Twitters, your Instagram. I know you're both very active on, on Twitter a lot. That's where I hit most of you up all the time. So make sure you go and follow these two wonderful humans. Thank you seriously so much for coming by and giving us lots of Thanks for having us, Kyle. Oh, absolutely. So everyone that's listening, um, if you're already subscribed, if you came to the live stream tonight, you're going to have access to this bonus episode. It'll drop on Wednesday. So just look out for that in that little bonus podcast feed. Get to listen to us talk probably a little bit more about ESP. Maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Seance stuff and all around. So stay safe out there, folks. We will talk to you very, very soon. And look out for the Seance on the 16th. Bye-bye.